All right, welcome everybody to another episode of 21 Going On 77. I am one half of the dynamic duo. It is your boy Dwight at 517-2214. Join again as I am every week and twice this week with the brains of the operation, the young prodigy. Young SJ at SJ Basketball 8. How are you doing on this beautiful Friday afternoon? Well, I am doing okay. Um, yeah, it's finally the end of the semester has, you know, passed me. Still have a lot of stuff to do, but it's slowed down to the point where I don't want to jump off a cliff. So it's great. It's great. Awesome. Awesome. That's, um, that, that's, that's good to hear. I took yesterday off, taking today off, taking Monday off. I'm getting away from work. I've had my work is, man, people who know, know, but man, my job is just interesting. Um, it's good to get away. My dad is here. I watched the Lakers take that L with him. Loki, it was funny at first, but like, this man is truly invested in LeBron. And um, he was hurt. He was hurt last night. I had to, I owed him $200 because of how far the Lakers have went, but I get a little bit of joy in seeing them, uh, seeing them take a L, but we about to get into it. Um, man, I hope they lose on Saturday, but anyway, cause he's still going to be here anyway. Um, let's get into it. SJ playoffs so far. We'll start with the game that just happened most recently. Lakers down 2-0. That's yeah. I think they cooked and I don't think they, had to be cooked, but I think they cooked because I just, I don't know what the three-point barrage from AD and LeBron down the stretch was. Like, the game was right there, and I get, like, the paint was probably clogged, but, like, LeBron was shooting them holes like he was wet. Like, those, was tired. those weren't late clock heaves. He was just like, yeah. Early shot clock shots. Yeah, yeah, he was like, I'm getting this shit off, and I'm just like, wait, no, stop. It actually made me angry because it was it was giving the game away, but what do you think? They were tired. I think that's um, that's probably you know low hanging fruit, but I think that's the probably obvious explanation here, right? It takes a lot out of you to make a run, right? Yeah. And I think when Denver is making their run and they made their run, they're feeding off the crowd. You know, they have that advantage, which is why it's called home court advantage. And they're a double home court advantage considering, um, you know, altitude, all that. So they made their run. They're up by double digits. So the Lakers are trying to fight back into the game. And they did so. But like I said, it takes a lot out of you to make a run. So now they're tired and they're going for the shots that they're going for that shot. You know, that that um, that that easy shot, quote unquote, easy shot to get them closer um, but those threes, like like you're saying, those are bad shots. Early in the shot clock, like the best threes, and that's the thing. It's not even just about early in the shot clock that you're shooting a three. The best threes are usually coming from you getting two feet in the paint, causing rotation and kicking the ball out. You get clean looks like that. The threes, like LeBron mostly, 80s threes were open. But again, you're open for a reason, 80. But um, bronze threes were just him just chucking it was just like he was just chucking because he was you know super tired couldn't get downhill um and when he was getting downhill you saw he wasn't finishing he wasn't like or 
I won't say that, oh, he wasn't fit. Like, he hit a lot of layups in the game, but he also missed, like, a lot that are uncharacteristic for LeBron James. So that's what I, you know, mean in the sense that he was not um, finishing. We saw the, the blown dunk, all that. So I think um, they're tired, and the altitude really got to them, which is why, again, Denver undefeated in the playoffs, and so are the Lakers. So now they're going to try to go back to L.A. and see what they can do. But here's the thing. I mean, I had Denver in seven. I thought this was going to be a longer series anyway. And I could see, I still could see the Lakers um, tying up the series 2-2. I, I, I'm kind of expecting it to happen. However, I would not be surprised at all if Denver takes one in L.A. And I think at that point, yeah, I don't think Denver is blowing a 3-1. I don't think so. I think they're, they're too good. In the sense that if you're, everything is relative and compared to the Lakers, I just think um, I don't see unless injuries are happening or something, I don't see major deficits there where they lose four out of five games. I is it did I do math right? No. Um, that, yeah, yeah, Lakers. Well, for yeah, for them to lose four out of five games, I don't see it. So we'll see. Yeah, I just I feel like I don't know. I'm watching the series and I'm just like I think Denver is good. Denver's probably better than the Lakers, but it feels like the Lakers like are giving these games away, if that makes any sense. And I'm a Laker hater, so I'm not watching it through that prism. I'm watching it through I want them to be cooked. But they're just doing a lot of stupid stuff, and maybe just being old is what's doing it to them. But like they controlled that game yesterday. They just kind of gave it away. And I also don't think like D'Angelo Russell can't play, man. I've been waiting for him to get exposed for being a fraudulent Michael Malone, Malone knew it. It's yeah. why they picked on him from the very beginning. Yeah. From the very beginning, both on the court and in the pressers. They knew. They picked on him from the very, very beginning. Yeah, and I've been waiting for him to be exposed for the fraudulent player that he is. It's why I'm still worried the Lakers are going to come for Kyrie because I'm like, bro, if you're going to have to pay him 2025, you might as well just up the bag and go get the ultimate version of him that's actually good at basketball. And I just think he, he can't play. And, like, he has been contributing to W's up until this point. And he's such a disaster that he just can't play. Same thing with Jaren Vanderbilt. Like, he clogs up the lane so much that even though he's he does play really good defense, but, like, that's also a reason why LeBron was chugging them threes. You know what I'm saying? And it's harder for them to play that three-yard lineup because Denver is actually kind of big on the front line so Denver's a pretty like big team like yeah. if you're seeing a buck like KCP is what well Jamal and KCP are the short but Jamal's a big guard well not big guard but you know what I mean Jamal is Jamal is 6'4 good position um or I think 6'4 six, 6'5 six, so good positional size at point guard and you got KCP's like 6'5 um and he could guard so that's not a problem then you got mpj mm-hmm. 610 you got aaron gordon like 69 610 yeah, aaron gordon i didn't realize he had long ass like aaron gordon got like a freakish long wingspan, wingspan exactly and then yoke is about six eleven seven foot so yeah they're pretty they're they're not a small they're, team yeah they're not small so you, that three guard shit ain't gonna work against them because you will get like it's kind of the same thing people are like yoke just killing anthony davis on the boards and it's like not really it's kind of the same thing that happened with the Mavs where Anthony Davis is going to protect the rub. So Jokic is feasting on the others on the offensive glass. Like, that's kind of what's happening. And I just don't they cook. I just think they cook. I do think it's going to be a long series. I won't want to say it's totally over, but 
I, I do think they, they, I just don't think, shit, they just better than them. I don't know any other way to say it. I think that's, that's, yeah, that's why I picked them in seven, because I still uh, think the way how the Lakers were playing, they had a lot of momentum to push them. But uh, Denver is the better team. Denver is the better. And I think I've been saying all, like doing all the predictions, Denver has to show me. I've been strong on that. I'm not going to walk anything back. Mm. But I, you know, I said that it feels like Denver's year, like with how the West was shaking out, how they were looking, but it, they still had to show me. And they've shown me. So I'm very, um, I had two teams that, that I'd said needed to show me Denver and Philly. And which one showed me? I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but I had two teams that I was consistent about that, hey, they could, like, they look okay, but they have to show me. And we saw which one was, which watch was real. We saw which one was real and which one was fake. So that's yeah. all I have to say. Yeah, that, that was my thing with Denver. I actually, like, I miss, was hating on them as far as defense, but they quietly got to 14. And they wasn't that far from a top 10 defense. So I'm not even – like, I still need them to show me in the crucible of a playoff uh, – in the playoffs. But I will be I will say this, the way the West was looking, I'm not, like, shocked they should get out the West. No, not at all. Not like, at the, all. The West was wide open. And this is one of the reasons why we were lying to ourselves three months in ago. Denver, I thought their toughest matchup would have been Golden State, just matchup-wise, yeah, for I the agree. way how they um, run offense and – the way how they run offense, that's just not Denver's. Um, even with all their guys, that's not their strength. But um, yeah, I thought yeah, match up with anybody Denver was, and that's why. Uh, I don't want to hash it out again, actually, at all. That's needed to say that this is why people thinking the Mavs had some miracle running them is so fucking stupid, bro. We would not, we would not have gotten a game off them, bro. The Wolves did go oh. for the Wolves, but we wouldn't have. There was no way. No, no, no fucking the, way. The, the, actually, watching them play. And re- remembering how we played, there's no there's no avenue, bro. Maybe Kyrie and Luca just don't miss from three, four. I was about to say, yeah, they hit, they combined for like ninety, some, yeah, something. Yeah, like, like that dead ass. I think they had that in them. Yeah, once, once. Yeah, once. When they're down three zero, yeah, when they're down three zero, fine. Yeah, 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 exactly. Maybe. And Denver takes the feet off the gas. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, but but that's about it. Beating them or even competing for real. Hell no. Exactly. Hell no. Like, and I I will say, I do think we could have got through the play, and I'll still stand on that. If we would have got to the Tennessee, I think we could have got to play Denver and got fucking embarrassed. Here's the thing. I I, I think we lose to the Wolves, bro. Like, I think we could have beat OKC. I think the Wolves ripping us, bro. I know they had turned more, but the Wolves, they already whooped us one time. I know they they just turned the town and and whooped us. And they were missing mad pieces, all that shit, and they whooped us. I think the Wolves, especially after, um, at that point, they would have lost their second game already, or their first game already. Yeah, I think they would have whooped us. I'm so sorry. No, I think we could have won, yes, but I think reality, I think they would have whooped us. I'm not going to lie. Man, I ain't for the argue. We were ass. I'm not we were so bad. That's why. We were bad, bro. We were bad. Like, even that Kings win that we won, like, we should have blo- We should have murdered the Kings, bro, given what yeah. how, how they were coming. And we were struggling with them, bro. bro <laughs> that was, that we was, were bad, bro. We were that bad. Was, that was the second night of a back-to-back on the road. That was, like, the third game. Third game in, like, game. four. Yeah. Four, and, it wasn't even four nights. It was something, like. It was something crazy. We should have whipped them. Yeah. yeah. It was, like, four games in, like, four and a half days. It was, or 
five and a half days. It was yeah, the, it was something crazy. It was the worst situation you could be in from a rest perspective, and I think we had all the rest in the world, and we were fighting for our lives. We were struggling. We were losing at one point. I thought they were gonna lose the game. I was like, damn, they're <laughs> like lose. I was like, damn, they're that bad. And of course, we pulled it out. But like seeing that game, like we were bad, but that was a bad team. Like really looking back, people got to be honest about this Mavericks team, bro. We were horrible. Like post trade deadline. We, we went seven for eight. That's horrible. That's so bad. So, yeah, I'm not... It's one of the worst things. In we went a lot of it. After the, like, that's just, people always say, oh, take Luke off the team and we're a lottery. But no, we saw what a lottery team looked like in the Luca era. <laughs> and that was that post trade deadline team. So, yeah, we're bad. So, um, but yeah, so Denver, it's, it's shaping up. They're looking good. They're looking good. And I guess we can move quickly to the other series that um is just the second game is going to be um tonight where boston and miami and man miami i just i i here's the thing i want to say i don't know how they're doing it even though it's playing out in front of our faces and we're seeing how they're doing it but it's also i don't know how they're doing it like jimmy just turns it up a different and that's the thing he was pretty average in like that second half of the heat series against the knicks yeah, you know, um, he he was actually bad the last two games. No yeah, he wasn't player. he wasn't great, but again, yeah. they at that point they were working so well as a unit where they won as a unit and now they just have a good balance for where they can win. Uh I want to say should I say most of the time or they can win a good amount of the time. I think that's better. They can win a good amount of the time as a unit. But when the unit is kind of failing, then you have a guy in Jimmy who can say, okay, all right, hop on my back. I have y'all for right now. And that's just, that's what you want in the playoffs, right? Just from your team perspective, you want to win as a team. And if, you know, obviously things happen where, you know, guys are missing shots or whatever, you want your star to be the one to be like, okay, let me get this win for um, you guys. And that, that was just Jimmy. Like, he's just hitting ridiculous shots. He's not missing. He's doing, and that's the thing, it's not just he turns into a crazy shot maker, which he does. He's doing everything on the court. He's doing li- literally everything on the basketball court. It's, he's playmaking when they try to send two. He's getting into guys like right in their shooting pocket. He is defending on, off the ball. Like, he's doing literally everything on a basketball court. And that's why when I watch him play in the postseason, I'm like, damn, we really need to talk about rankings. Because, I, I mean, he coasts through the regular seasons, but in the playoffs, I don't think they're really people i am taking before him and i play like he is doing like i said every single thing on the basketball court am i am i wrong no you're not wrong at all (laughs) like Like, like every single thing he is guarding the best player he is not he is like giving 40 on the other end like, yeah. I mean, like I said, on off the ball, he's on the ball, he's clamping you off the ball, he's yeah. in your passing lanes, he's protecting your rim, he can do, like, he is doing everything, it's actually insane. Yeah, it, it's wild, it's wild, like, I'm just, whew, the level up, man, that's, the players I like, the players I'm kind of partial to, when we get to talking about our list and shit, are all, for me, are always guys that when the money's on the line or their team's season was hanging in the balance, they didn't have shit and piss running down their legs and they stepped up and they met the challenge. Uh, I really, really, you know, kind of lose my shit for dudes who, when there's a star that's pissing and shit on himself and they just like, man, I don't make the money. I don't get the shine, but because my season's on the line, 
and I want to win and I'm competitive and I have the balls and the gall to do this, the role players to step up to assume that position. Like that, those are my favorite players in the entire. Those are my favorite players in NBA history. Yeah, like, I was ruining Washington low key. I was looking back at old tweets because I, because I'm, a, I was a big Rui fan even in Washington. Like not a lot of people obviously were watching Washington, <laughs> but I remember being like, I like this kid a lot. So I was looking back at my old tweets and I found a tweet. Um, it was doing his playoff series when they're playing. Um, who were they playing? They were playing Philly. It was. It was, a, it was. It was. So. <laughs> I'm not trying to cut you off, but mm-hmm. I had no fucking idea. And someone pointed it out in my mentions, like, yeah, it was a it was an NBA TV series that nobody watched, but he did that shit then too. Yes, I <laughs> yes, that's why I was that's why I was looking for the old tweets because I was like, and like I said, this is not to um or this isn't to like um victory like like it's okay. No, who's watching? I'm not blaming any like a soul. People are talking about oh y'all weren't watching the Wizards. Of course, uh, yeah, <laughs> I can't blame a soul. Yeah, yeah, I can't blame a soul. But I watched. I definitely I watched all five games of that series. It was a five game series. Mm. Um, I watched that series. I don't know why. I for some reason I was. I think I was just intrigued. And that was the series Russell Westbrook was horrible. But he I think he got hurt too. Um, and Beal was like okay, but Rui Rui caught my eye because I think they were on the verge of getting. I think they did they I think they went two one instead of three oh yeah. I think it was like two one. Um but regardless, Rui I remember tweeting out Rui has pride because like I remember he was like the only one on Washington that was like making shots. Um it was like one of the games. I was like, Okay, Rui got pride. So um and he shot really well like he like just played really well that whole series. Um but again, they they were it was a horrible Washington team. Um and they got wrapped up in five. But um yeah, I think um definitely in that win, Rui was a big part of it, and he he was great. So um yeah, I can um agree with you where you're talking about like role players and like role players in the playoffs, man. Like you got a like sixteen game players, man. Like you're seeing it. Like some guys who looked great in the regular season, like Vando. Everybody talking about Vando this, Vando that. Now Young Dennis like, Rodman, my, yeah. my 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 father. Young this, yeah. And now he he can't. I and mean, that's the thing. He can't play, but he can't play more than like fifteen minutes because he's he's it's a huge like Michael Malone said. Um, specialist cannot play in the playoffs. It's hard to find these guys. Like even right now, um, like you look at Boston, and you're looking at their like rotations. They, and I think they, they they sneaky like only got seven eight dudes, seven and a half. I didn't realize just, that. Yeah, they do. Yeah, but even so, one, I think they're really fucking with Grant Williams because I don't get the decision to put Peyton Pritchard in the rotation over him. Like that's that's insane. Like I was trying to make it make sense, and and I and I was trying to make it make sense in the sense that okay, they're really just wanting to stick with Al and Rob Will as the big, playing them together, and then having one on the court at the same time and going smaller. Man, you, better go, a, you better go get that man some a turn on Jimmy. That's what, but that's what I'm saying. I'm like, but I, and I get the Heat are a smaller team, which is why they're trying to um go smaller as well. But like Peyton Pritchard, as soon like <laughs> as soon as he got on the court, they it was like action. Okay, we're starting any action with Pritchard or putting him in every action. So it's, it's just kind of like okay, um, I I don't get that, but. In the sense that they're they have um like even Derek White's minutes, he's been great for them, but his shots been kinda iffy um the last couple games and he's been he's been coming off the bench like it'd be like seven minutes passing the first quarter and he's just checking in, like type shit. So even guys that you think are really, really good, 
um, on teams where, you know, on serious teams, they're getting minutes cut. So I think um, these these playoffs, I'm always, I'm, I'm with you in the sense that I'm always looking for guys um, who are, who can play those 16 games. Yeah. And, and then, you know, we used to talk about Jimmy. It's, not, it's just not Jimmy. It's Jimmy. It's Jalen Brunson. I'm sorry. You do it two years in a row. You the best player on the team that beat a top four seed. Like, how many niggas in the NBA can even got that on a resume? I was the leading scorer on a team that won a playoff series against a top four seed. Like, there ain't maybe but 12 dudes, 13 dudes in the NBA that even got that. He won two series now. And I, honestly, <laughs> I'm counting the Jazz series because he did the heavy lifting. Luca <laughs> just came back for two games. He played more games in there than Luca. He was the best player on the team in two different series and won those series. Like, come on. Yeah, <laughs> These people are talking about, oh, first option, Jalen, blah, 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 blah. He was struggling at first with the Heat. And <laughs> then in the, when his season was on the line, we saw what he did. He didn't win, but we saw what he did yeah. <laughs> with season on, uh, on the line like, I'm the, not trying against to, that defense. So, like, come on. Like, bro, if you really dig into, like, players' resumes, there's not that many players that have that. There's 12, 13 dudes, and they're the best players in the NBA that even have What about Tracy McGrady? Yeah. You can never hear that shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the best player I've seen that one of the series. Yeah, and it, anyway, he leveled up. We, we talking Rui Hachimura, and Hey man, I know people like don't like Austin Reeves because he's a gumpy white dude and he gets too much. Oh fuck him, but he's good. He's uh, good. This him. this fuck is not him. this is not a insanity run, man. He this is three straight fucking months, and one of these months is the crucible of the NBA playoffs, where he was the he's the second best player last night, like arguably the second best player two nights in a row. But that's why they lost. Just saying, like uh, you're right, but the correlation, I don't think it's just spurious. It's 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 real. <laughs> yeah, like he good, bro. He's just good. He's just good, bro. Look at them splits after Westbrook left. It's like damn near fifty eight percent from the field, damn near fifty percent from three. He did that shit for the last two months. Yeah, he needed the ball. He needed the ball. Westbrook yeah. just had the ball, so he was playing yeah, off. Exactly. He was playing off ball in every setting. Yeah. With Westbrook out, it gave him. Really, all the space in office. Yeah. And well, then the so playoffs, the playoffs come. The the two point, the overall percentage dip. The motherfucker still shoot like forty three percent from three on volume, on volume. And he guarding a little bit, so it's just them dudes. Who else you got? Um, shit, I ain't gonna lie. Ain't none of the dudes. KCP, who's always been a favorite of mine. He he hooping. Fucking Bruce Brown, who low key always had that gene. He was one of the only niggas. Well, he was hooping in that Nets series. Only like, niggas yeah. with shame on yeah. that whole Nets roster. That's, like, that's, I'm not uh, going to Because Kyrie, mm, yeah. after, we're not going to talk about that. We're yeah. not going to talk about that, but yeah. he was their second, not even second best player. He was the best player because Katie stunk too. I forgot yeah. Katie stunk that bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Bro, so when I watch yeah. him out there talking shit to D I'm like, low key, I would rather, in a playoff series, I'd rather have Bruce Brown than fucking D Dead ass. Oh, 100%. I 100%. And I, I just like those dudes, those are championship role players. Those, that, like when you start, bro, and Rui is shaky in the regular season. That dude is not that good in the regular season. But when, like, when you start getting a track record on a team that went to the Western Conference Finals and you did it twice, at that point, I'm like, I'm certifying you. I gotta, I gotta stamp you at that point. And 
I still don't. I'm still not comfortable saying Rui is definitively a 16 game player or even Austin Reeves because they, you know, they've only did it this deep once. But at some point, you just got to be like, hey man, these dudes are just good. And Bruce Brown, this is now two. This is two runs. He's getting stamped. KCP is an NBA champion, and now he's having shame. I just as we as we get into the shit with the Mavs or whatever, we we. We need them guys. This is one of the reasons why I'll kind of defend Tim no matter what. When you look back at some of the situations Tim got put into where KP got hurt or was fucking folded or Luka got hurt uh, when we was in the bubble series and, and fucking Tim put up like 25 points, even if we lost, because there he was the only human being with the balls and the goal to shoot. It's just like, bro, I'm going to defend a man like that ever. He shouldn't be the third best player. He shouldn't be the fourth best player. But he had the balls to like not go out like no hoe. And I, that's important because something weird is going to happen in a playoff series. Someone's going to sprain an ankle. Something's going to happen to where a role player is going to have to be elevated in position. And you need him to fucking be able to answer the call, have the confidence and the talent and the balls to answer that call. And I just, I'm not, I'm going on a rant about fucking role players that stepped up, but that shit is just so important. It's so important. And obviously you need your stars to, to do it too, but the role, every championship team got a, a fucking role player that just all of a sudden went nuts for like a round or two. Like that's just the, that's just the truth. Like every championship team has that player. No one ever won a championship with a stars just backpacking by themselves for a whole run. Am I tripping? Maybe. No, you're not. No, you Am need the role guys. No, you're yeah. not. You need role guys. Like, and you need the ones, like you said, even if it's just a, a round, you know where they just go nuts. That's why, that's where, that's why I'm saying, that's why I'm talking about the Heat, where you can win. They win a good amount of times as a team, whereas if it's just one guy going nuts or just everybody shooting, all their shooters shooting well for a couple games or whatever. And then when it's, that's where your star should plug those holes when you can't win as a team. I think a lot of times, um, I think the game has gone. I don't want to go too much off a tangent. Um, so I'll just say this quickly. But I just think the game has gone in such a different direction now, where it's like almost opposite to. I don't want to say what it's supposed to be. Um, because what is it really supposed to be? It's gonna be subjective anyway. Whoever says it. But um, I just think us thinking that a star should be doing everything, and then the team helps him out every once in a while versus the team doing the winning and then the star plugging the holes. I think that's, we, we need to go back to that <laughs> as opposed to the star being everything and the team just being there as like filler. You know what I mean? Because I think it's, it's that way. It's a, it's a little bit harder to achieve um, what you want to achieve versus winning by the sum of your parts you know what i'm saying so i think and like you know like in a miami if fucking gay vincent is a brick today that's fine max Struess is here <laughs> and like <laughs> caleb martin's here too where he can do and then they mix match if caleb's off then this guy you know what i mean as opposed to you're just relying on that one guy and then it's like okay whoever else chipping <laughs> like, and, 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 and that's the other thing like the Heat, the three dudes you just named, they all got the balls to step up. They ready. Exactly. <laughs> they exactly. are all 100% ready they're and confident and letting that bitch fly without hesitation. That's the thing. They're, no and they're not, kiss, like, yeah, no they, shit uh, running down their legs ever. Yeah. 
because they're empowered to do so. They're empowered to do so, not just from the coach, because we all talk about Spolster, but Jimmy too. Like, listen to Jimmy talk, like, after a game all the time. Jimmy, like, I'm talking about always talks about his team. And even when they stunk. Remember we made fun of Jimmy for still having confidence in, in them? When they stunk? We, we, we laughed at him. And we, we laughed at him. Like, we don't got to, like, I remember we were all there. I was the one laughing at him. So, just, like, I'm not going to lie now. When he was still saying, when they stunk, Jimmy was like, I'm still not worried. We have good players here. He kept saying it. We have good players here. And even, like, so he's empowering the team, too. So, I, I just think, um, I just think, yeah, um, every, like, these past couple years, um, in terms of finals teams, because you know what I'm saying, like, if you're trying to build, if you're thinking about your team in the context of being a finals team, you're trying to base it off of what's recent, who's been in the finals recently, like, what type of, you know, players they have, how can your team get those types of players, and I'm getting more and more reinforced about the idea of, um, continuity building a core like you said of players that can really get it done and even if they can't they go together to get it done because that's the thing like that's why i'm a bit nervous like you're looking at the teams that are even left like like i said the lakers are the only team where it's like they haven't played together a long time and even then the stars have played together for a while like lebron ad going on how many years is it now it's just like four years right four years they started five years yeah 2019 together yeah yeah, so it's about five years. It's, it's been a while. <laughs> it's definitely been a while since they've been playing together. And they're, again, they're the crux of what the Lakers do. And then even Austin Reeves, this is the second year there. Like, um, these quick fix teams are not cutting it. Like, we saw the Suns. They tried their best, but they got dealt with. <laughs> like by a, a better team so these quick like these like building out your core and having the like the nuggets have been through a lot together that core group like um even though the, that's the thing you build your core group then you add the necessary pieces so they built out obviously jamal yoke's been playing together so long they traded for aaron gordon and extended him remember people kind of laughed at his deal because they thought it was a little bit of an overpay but denver didn't want no shenanigans when they said we no, have a vision no, you know what you could do no, no. and they locked them up bro i talked about i don't even know if you've seen this shit in the group chat denver is not a tax team they are not in the luxury tag. They have three fucking max players. Oh, I Aaron, did not know that. And Aaron Gordon makes 20 plus million. 20 plus they, million. Yeah. They are not in the fucking luxury tax. They are literally right at the fucking precipice, but under it. So not only are they good, may win the championship. The fucking owner, who they kind of cheap. I don't know if you pay attention to the. Uh, yeah, they do a lot of tax cutting things. Yeah, Look at every yeah. deadline like that no one really of, pays attention to. Yeah. A lot, a lot of like the salary cap nerd content creators always make fun of them because they, like you said, they they do little shit to save money every year instead of getting incrementally better. And people have always made fun of them for it because they like, damn, they owners is cheap. And they owners are like, what? Like, I want to say the owner is one of the richest men in the world who's also married to one of the Walmart children. So this is these are this is one of the richest families in the history of mankind and they still cheap as shit. And I think they own something else, some other team that they cheap as shit. If they own oh, is it the Bronx Broncos? Is the same ones that own the Broncos? No, they own I think they're ah, don't give me a line, but I think they own like a soccer team or some shit. Oh, okay. And, well, uh, I'm just guessing. I'm just Yeah, I think they team on a soccer I think I don't give me a line, but I know people have been saying that family is cheap and won't spend money to win for a long time. And 
the motherfuckers got three max players and another dude making 20 plus and still have constructed a championship level roster and not spent the tax and it's like hilarious to me it's because they know how to say they do roster building how you ideally kind of want in the sense that your bet your their biggest contracts are going to your best players (laughs) so that and that matters in the sense that like you said the max dudes are, are getting the max money or whatever and then the role guys like a KCP. I mean, KCP got a cute little contract. I think he got he cause he got an extension too. They extended him too. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even play a game for them. And they extend like they have their vision. That's because they, that's because they like they they identify dudes who are gonna fit. That's they, what like, I'm saying. You know, they have know, their vision. You know how I was saying the Mavs' biggest problem, and I think this is the this is why as we're about to get into, I'm so anti them trading a pick for a dude in the league. The Mavs pro personnel's scouting department as far as being able to evaluate what players are already in the NBA or even on the fucking Mavs roster already, how important they are to winning and how if we go bring somebody from the outside in, how important they're going to be to winning or how they're going to fit and match, that department sucks. Whoever is the head of that is bad at it. And whoever's the head of that for Denver is fucking elite. Elite. Yeah, because they have a sis. That's the okay. So this is the problem, and this, oh, this is a whole other conversation. I actually don't even want to open it up. So I'm gonna let's use this as like a, a um a preface for a future conversation. Because I think you just said something that triggered me. <laughs> um, because we okay, there's two ways you could look at it. I think, and I think they're conflated. But we don't have a system. Uh, like an offensive or even defensive system, and I, granted, we changed coaches, and they're they're stylistically very different in Jason Kidd and you know Carlisle. So fair, but and you know you got Denver; they've been they've had a consistent coach for what Malone's been there like what six six years now, six seven years now, eight. Yeah, it's so been that long. It's been a long time. He's been with them for like a while, dog, bro. Dog, Was it twenty sixteen? Did he get there twenty sixteen? Or twenty four fifteen. And he got there tw- no when was he when did he leave him, the him and Boogie Cousins being like taking the Kings to the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. When did, when did he leave so the Kings? That shit was like Wait, no, no, they never went to the playoffs. They I know, I know, playoffs. but they oh. were in a position to go to playoffs oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then injuries happened, but uh-huh. and then they end up firing Mike Malone from I think it was like yeah, twenty fifteen six I think he got there twenty sixteen. That does not feel that long ago, bro. Yeah, right, but that was a while. Like if we're really lining it up, is that was like seven that years was ago. Fucking 2015. He's been there for eight years. That is amazing. To yeah, me. so he's been there eight years, right? So we can't, I don't want to do an, uh, a straight comparison because it's the added context of it unfair, but still. So they know how they want to play. They have a, like, everything is revolving around Jokic, but it's like movement cutters, shot making, we're running sets to get our shoot. Like, they know what they want to do, right? So they can get players in terms of what they want to do. I think for the Mavs, and here's the thing. Like I just said, there's two ways to look at it. The first way I said, you can think that they don't really have a straight system. And I think that also, um, that kind of contributes to why we're so bad without Luca too because when he you could say oh well Luca is the system well okay when he misses games that's why we can't win a damn thing because nobody knows what they're supposed to be doing out there because they don't know how to play and now you just have a random assortment of role players who you picked off thinking that okay they could just play they could play well next to Luca but not really thinking about how they look in a team concept 
Um, but the other way I'm thinking of is that, yes, Luca is the system and the way how he wants to play. You can make an argument. Not not this season. I think this season they totally lost the plot, which is um, a part of the problems we've been talking about, how they got players that um, they've kind of deviated um, away from what they should have done. But if you look back, and you like I said, we could debate this all we want. They have not, they've gone bargain bin shopping, right? They have not been choosing to get the more talented player if that they're going that route. But they've tried to get players that fit a heliocentric style. I, I don't think you can dispute that, right? Because they have, because after, if you go back to the discourse, too, like I said, after we lost to the Clippers in the bubble, right? The discourse was that, okay, we need some defense. We need wings. We didn't have wings. That was that, that, remember that team? We had a lot of guards. We had a lot of forwards, centers. We had no wings, <laughs> no wing defense at all. Um, and then what did they do in that offseason? They went out, even though they fucking sucked, <laughs> mind you, but they still went out and got a bunch of wings. They got, you know, Josh Richardson in the draft. Again, they had four picks. They picked three wings um, and, you know, Tyra Terry. So I think um, they've tried, but like I said, it's been so bad where either they don't understand the players they're getting or the, and and again they've been this is prior to that so like 2019 for example they were cheap they were being cheap in in terms of who they were getting but even that offseason as much as the offseason sucked in terms of the players they got they still prioritized like shooting and they tried to get um a point of attack guard because remember the idea was to start delon right he was supposed to be the starter next to Luca. The idea was that he was going to be the point of attack, um, perimeter kind of guard. And then they got Seth Curry again. He was already on the team, but brought him back for some shooting. And they tried to prioritize shooting. And I mean, it worked for a little bit. Obviously, it had its flaws. And then you know, Delon didn't work out. Um, in terms of as being a starter. But like I said, I don't want to go too much into a tangent. But I think the part of the Mav- Mavs' issue is that we don't have a system as it stands. Like, Because right now, heliocentrism, with, if you're bringing back Kyrie, heliocentrism cannot be the system anymore. So now it's up to them to build out a system. Because that's been the system, if you think about it. Heliocentrism, sure. But now that cannot be an option with Kyrie. <laughs> you can't have a heliocentric system now with Luka. Yeah, I... Uh... We'll we'll get the system after we get Jason Kidd out of there, or we hire a good assistant coach who comes in and puts in a good offensive system. Um, I watched this video someone put in a group chat where these it was it was some podcast, and one of the dudes used to work in the NBA. He was basically saying that most head coaches, especially the successful ones, aren't the good X's and O's guys themselves, like. Uh, Phil Jackson had Tex Winter who invented the triangle, run the triangle. Um, Greg Popovich, uh, who's the fucking guy who came up with the defensive scheme for Greg Popovich himself was not the guy who comes up with the fucking defensive scheme that the Spurs run. There was another guy that had that that was a Spur for forever, right? And he was saying, like, good coaches recognize what they're not good at and delegate that shit and hire somebody good to do it but that 
a lot of coaches don't have the balls to do that because once the owner realizes this guy's the brains behind the operation, he's just going to fire you and hire that guy to be the head coach. So most head coaches are insecure about doing it. And that, so that's why it doesn't happen. And I think Jason Kidd is that person. So I just don't see it happening while Jason Kidd is here. But I also think it's interesting, like that topic got brought up. Because like, I think good coaches realize what they're not good at and just delegate that shit. And I think that's actually what we should do. And if Jason Kidd, I think that is also what they're going to try to do, which is why they're trying to hire some veteran lead assistant with head coaching experience. Um, yeah, they need to. They need to. They were in over their um their so heads. They, and that's why um you see teams who need new head coaches. They're trying to pick off all these assistant coaches too, especially the ones from established coaching trees. You yeah. see um Pops, you know, sons and even daughters. They're, you know, doing their thing. So yeah. Yeah, like Pop is that's the and that's something else about Pop. However you feel about him as a coach. He recognizes coaches who know what the hell they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, and our people probably mm-hmm. think like, "Oh, Pop is just this genius, and he's so smart." Um, no, and, and I I remember the more salient part of that little, I guess, blurb that that guy who worked in the league was talking about. He's also saying most of the important things of a of a coach is like just people management and recognizing who's good at what. So, like, Pop probably, everyone that has worked for Pop says how great of a man he is. No one calls Pops an asshole. People like Pop. People always talk about how Pop, players, coaches, whatever, how it's deeper than basketball with him, right? And, like, that's kind of what Koji is. Like, he's he's a good people person, and, he, and the shit he don't know how to do, he goes and hires good people to do it and puts them in a position and empowers them to be good. And I think whatever coach we get, because I know some people are upset Jason Kidd didn't get fired. I'm not because I know he's gone sooner rather than later. I, I it's hard to fire a coach after two years. Uh, yeah, there's so, no way, especially one that the players are still like exactly. responding to at exactly. the end of the day. Exactly. You don't get to like we need to bring back Kyrie and also don't want Jason beef shitting down your pants that Jason Kidd is still the coach because they're kind of you don't get one without the other. So go ahead and get Kyrie under contract. We stink and get Jason Kidd out of here. To me, it's a win-win. But anyway, um, let's get into the fun part of this. Let's get to the fun part of this. So uh, actually, we, we got to address it because it's the hot topic on Twitter. So there's been two tribes, I guess, with what we should do with the draft pick. I just want to be very, very clear. I am team fuck them picks, trade them picks for proven players. That is, if you follow me in football and basketball, I believe once you have a good player, you need to go for it because you never know what the future may hold, right? That's usually how I am. You have told me I was crazy for being that way. And SJ, you were right. You were fucking right. We need to stop lying to her. I am firmly off that team. I might get back on that team next year, but I really, you know, there's been this discourse about keep the pick, trade the pick. I think we should keep the pick because I'm of the opinion that Luca is 24 years old. I don't think, I think that Luca, if he is, I don't think Luca's going anywhere anytime soon. 
And in my opinion, there's nothing you can do with the 10th pick outside of draft a really good player that's going to get him to change his mind on whether he's going to ask himself to lead. He's going to ask the team for a trade in the next three or four years anyway. There's no player that I think you're going to be able to get for the 10th pick or in a package that the 10th pick is the crown jewel of that's going to change his mind on that. I do think there's a player or players you could draft that if they become what they should become, that will change his mind. Even if the odds are not super high, even if it's one out of five or one out of four, that that actually happens, I'm taking a 25% chance of something happening over like a 100% chance of something happening. There's no player you're going to convince me that can be the third best player on a really good team, a real team. We could, yeah, sure. I think we could trade the 10th pick for someone that makes us better. I think we could trade the 10th pick for some shit that gets us out the first round next year. But that's not enough. We've done that already. The goal is to win a championship. Everything else is just bullshit. Y'all can gas up participating in the Western Conference Finals if you want to. You can gas up participating in the NBA Finals if you want to. I have been to a championship parade in Dallas. I have been in the fucking streets, in the clubs with the players the summer after we won a championship. That shit is great. I want that. That other shit is bullshit. And you know who else I think feels that way? Luka fucking Doncic. He wants to win a championship. And I don't think he's stupid enough or impatient enough to be like, yeah, sign me up, turn that third draft, third pick for fucking Derek White. Me, Derek White, and Kyrie Irving can win a championship. Derek White's a fine player, but if he's the third best player having to guard big wings and play 35, 40, 48 minutes a night in the playoffs, you he's not going to look the way he looks in Boston. If he's able to do, he's able to be the fourth, fifth option in Boston and give 110% effort guard on defense because he ain't got that fucking burden on him like he would if he was the fucking third best player in Dallas so stop bringing up players like him for what we could get for the 10th pick and saying he would make us better yeah he he would but it's the same shit with like Dwight Powell just because a motherfucker is better than Powell don't mean he's the answer like that ain't please raise the fucking bar the goal is to win a championship. It's not to get out the first round. It's not even to make the Western Conference. It's not even to win the to make the NBA Finals. It's to win the championship. And there's nothing you can tell me. There's no trade we can make that I think is realistic, even for OG fucking Ananobi, that is going to lead us to where we can get a player that I say I'm comfortable going to the NBA Finals, playing an 82-game season, in a 16-game or however many-game regular season uh, playoffs where this dude can masquerade as a second option on a championship team that you're going to be able to get with the fucking 10th pick. Is there someone you can draft that could do that? Yes. Are the odds high? Probably not. But that's what it is. All this shit's a risk. The team fucking playing can blow up. We don't know. All of this is a risk. So you got to take a risk that's going to lead to the best chance of the ultimate outcome. And that's my take on this whole draft shit. I get it. I understand why people want to trade the pick. I understand it. And I'm normally in agreement with you, but not this year. Not with this draft class. Not with that pick. SJ, am I crazy?
I mean, okay, one thing I'll push back on is is you you're you're contradicting yourself a little bit by saying that it's a risk but also being so sure that whoever we draft will be a championship piece. Oh no, 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 no. I'm not sure at all. My point is even if the number ten pick busts and he stinks, okay, we're not winning a championship. But we also not winning a championship with what the tenth pick is likely going to give you. So give me the thing that has a one out of four chance of getting me where I need to go. Let me clarify that. Okay, fair. But at the, I mean, okay, here's what I think about the pick situation. I would like to draft because, especially since we're about to get into this top ten, and the way how it's shaking out, at least how I think in my mind it might shake out. Um, we might get somebody who, even if the ceiling isn't crazy like what we're thinking the floor could still be really good right um and again buy yourself some time with rookie contracts like at the end of the you know but at the same time the only not okay i won't say the only but um one trade in my mind that i'd be okay with with them doing is that's the thing i don't know if it's ambitious that's the thing because the trades i want is like OG, <laughs> like I want like an O, like I said, like an, like Tim and Ten for OG, like no, and if I knew that they wanted obviously OG to be a part of their their core and all that, like yeah, I'm doing that. I'm just like sure, I'm doing that because I'm looking at these guys. Do we think these guys are gonna be better than an OG? We don't know. OG's proven, and again, OG is about the same age as Lucas. So it's not even like you're going super old, um, with that route, um either so that's like the deals i'm comfortable with if you're trading it for like a young like and that's the thing i don't even know what to call og because i wouldn't say he's like a fringe all-star he's like a role player but a really good one one of those high-end role players how about that um like really really high-end um and again has all these different potentials so i think um that's that's where i'd be comfortable with it um Aiton, again you know how i feel about that I don't, I don't want him here. But if it's like a trade like that, okay, sure. But the per, like, it can't be like you're saying. Like, a, like as much as Derek White is good, it can't be like for Derek White. It just can't. Yeah, yeah. And I also say like <laughs> this. I am contradicting myself with this. I'm not gonna hold you. I, I'm kind of cool with DeAndre just because he's young. That's the just thing. Because he's he's young. Young. But I, because like we talk about cores uh, and going through shit, and it's just like all three is gonna just. You know what? Let's can we stop lying to ourselves about Kyrie being here long term? Even if he, was I was just about to say we could can, 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 can we right, stop right. lying to ourselves? We know how that the Kyrie situation is going to end and. We we if he even resigns, he will not be a Maverick like three years from now. Like okay, I'm that I agree with. Confident of that. So okay, that when, I agree with. When we talking about DeAndre Aiden, I'm like he's 24. He under contract for three more more years. We already know Luke ain't exactly the easiest person to play for, and there ain't that you know. Apparently, that's his man's. Like they actually are friends somehow, which sounds crazy to me. But when they have the same management. They have the same agent. So. I mean, it, it makes sense. They have the same agent. They came from the same draft class, so I'm sure they interacted with video games and stuff. So yeah, I think, like um, I, I think a lot of it makes sense. Yeah, like I'm, I would lie to myself about Aiden 
like even if it was 10 and like 27 and like Dave Burt and Tim like I would be like I am so contradicting myself because DeAndre Aiden is DeAndre Aiden but at least he's young you know what I'm saying like he's a young player These that's why I'm saying the young but then that's their argument that's the people who want to trade the picks argument as well they don't want like the youth is like no a big no no yeah. <laughs> you know like youth can't lead to wins by the same time I'm still adamant that um, I, obviously I need to see how Luca comes in next year, but as it stands, Luca's just not quite ready yet. Hold on, hold on, hold on, just... hold on, hold on, hold on. Did, mm-hmm. you see the, did you see the group chat this morning? Mm, honestly, no, not really. I haven't been paying attention much. Word on the street from Slovenia is he been in oh, the Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Yeah. Word on I the street is my yeah, son been, been in the lab. Yeah. He's going to be giving crazy. these boys hell next year. Well, that's what I said. I, I got to see, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like you said, yeah, those are the only scenarios and like you said yeah if they're going young and that that player has but like i said that might just be ambitious that we're thinking right um so i don't know i i mean like i said right now i am in i'm operating as if with this mock draft as well i'm operating as if we're making a selection until because i'm sure they're gonna trade it like it's all reporting saying they're gonna trade it so fine. i mean when you have everyone who collects a check directly or indirectly from the team all on twitter in the last 48 hours saying we should trade the pick it's like hey man some of these people don't even engage with twitter discourse like that and they like yeah we should trade this pick they came out to fucking rafters like sting to be like yeah we should maybe trade this pick i'm like oh this shit's getting traded like this shit gone this shit is gone like the pr campaign has already started and that's why I was telling people like throw away these mock drafts, but who cares? It's, it's, let's lie to ourselves, and we still don't know who they could get. Because like I said, I'm already I'm ready to lie to myself about DeAndre, even though most people aren't. Um, and I totally get it. But that's the thing. I don't know how they even get it, get him without Kyrie. If they're trying to get all three together, I don't like. Why would they come? give him to us for number 10 like what you know what i'm saying that don't make sense but yeah um yeah, the only way i see us getting aiden is if kyrie going there i think it could be a three-way i i do think like the spurs or even even toronto is because to me if you're a team and you're looking to blow it up there's never been a time in the history of an nba where you're probably going to get more for decent nba players and a good draft than this summer because you look at the top 10 as we about to all the rumors from like the top 10 and players drafting the top 10, like the only team that is okay with not being competing for a playoff spot next year is the Spurs. Literally everybody one through 10, fuck it in the entire lottery, except for maybe Toronto is trying to win right away. So if you become a seller this summer, and you got like some decent players, you will get shit you didn't get before. If you were a team that want to just like be a tank whore and take on money for, for picks, you will get shit you normally don't got. That's why like sometimes when, shout out to my man is talk, when you start comparing shit historically, like every year is different. Every situation is different. Like it, it's, it's like any marketplace, different values are different at different times. So I, I 
it's going to be weird. It's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a crazy ass summer. And I think this mock draft, me and you were about to do, ain't going to make sense because I think it's going to be a lot of movement in the top 10. I don't think these dudes, I think of the top 10 picks, I think three of them get traded. Yeah, I, I agree. That's why, and I was going to maybe preference some of these picks that I do think will get traded. But yeah, I mean, we could just jump into it because we've been yeah. talking about <laughs> we're going to do it and we haven't even done it we've been talking about yeah. doing it for uh, one hour exactly yeah. so let's get into it yeah. with the number one pick in the 23 NBA draft the San Antonio this is you SJ you are going first <laughs> I'm putting it on you the San Antonio Spurs take Johnny Davis not kidding <laughs> 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 no, I'm just playing. Everybody knows they're about to take Wemby. We don't have to do yeah. any surprises about that. And I saw that they requested a workout for um Amen. I just think that's just they're just doing it for guys they like, obviously. Like we yeah. all know who they're about to take. Shit, they might be able to get Amen and Wemby. Like they they I don't think I think one is already gone, but like I was saying, they got a lot of cap space. Teams are going to be looking to like finesse that shit. They they might shit. We might be sending them ten quiet as kept. One of that's his. I, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, I saw I saw is there at ten. Would you? No, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, they they just doing their due diligence. That'd be a yeah. hell of a draft, bro. You get Wimby and I saw. Her. Oh well, Amen, Amen. That's who they um. Oh my bad, my bad, my bad. Amen. Yeah, but um. Regardless, they're taking Wendy, so we don't have to. Yeah, we could just go straight to two where things get a little interesting, especially with the reporting. So, um, we ain't doing trades, we just picking people. Yeah, we just picking people, but, um, so it's either Scooter Brandon Miller here, right? Um, at least that's what the reporting has been, been saying. And then you have the general manager who has been saying that. Because they feel like, you know, LaMelo is the building block. So they're not picking um from a position of, hey, we still need to get that franchise guy. You know, like, they believe they have that already. And as a result, they would not, they would want to be picky, too. Like, they would value fit. Usually, the rule of thumb is when you're picking that high, you go best, best player available. Prospect. Yeah, take the best prospect available. That's the general rule of thumb. But again, like I said, they believe that they're picking from a position where they already have their franchise guy, and um, it's like the Kings. Now the Kings, and I, I, like I said, this is not. I'm not doing this as an apples to apples comparison. I'm just saying, in terms of the situation, is similar. Now the Kings went badly, even though Luca was the best prospect available at that time, because they believe they already had a franchise guy in Dan Fox. And they thought the clash, you know, all that. And the Cornets, I'm sure there's a similar thinking there. And like I said, it's not apples to apples. So I'm not saying Brandon Miller would be a um, Marvin Bagley or anything like that. But I believe that Scoot is the best prospect available. Yeah, I'm. I because the, cause the number two pick is my pick with the twenty with the second pick and the twenty third. 
NBA 2023 NBA draft, Charlotte Hornets select Scoot Henderson. Yeah, I think they're uh, just running a smoke screen kind yeah. of like talking about Brandon. I think they're going to still go best player available. Like I, right. I think all that shit about fit. Sure, yes, it's a concern, but at the end of the day, right. we're gonna pick the best player available. That's, that's the advantage to having like a six eight playmaker. Like exactly. you can go get other dudes that ain't super tall. And the thing is, like Lamelo ain't like a ball pounder. He get off that bitch. Like he does. He's playing exactly. with other he dudes. Shoots the ball very well. Exactly. He I he is not a ball hog. I know like to me, people saying they're two young guards that are gonna need the ball. Like that's not really Lamelo's game. Like he liked to pass, he liked to run, he liked to get off the ball. When he catches that, he's pretty decent in catch and shoot. He's played Gordon Hayward and uh Scary Terry ain't exactly them dudes dribble. Like they have the ball a lot. He's been playing with them dudes his whole fucking career. So you can't tell me if you get rid of them dudes and just replace that usage with Scoot. I know it don't work like that. That this shit is just cooked. Like I think they're gonna play well. Boy, they man, that's gonna be elite NBA TV. That's gonna be elite I NBA. I think they're gonna pass. be real. Especially if they put athletes around them. Yeah, Ooh. that shit is gonna be elite. I, that's I'm not even a big Lamelo fan like that, but he is not a ball pounder. He's not a I need the ball high usage guy. He get that bitch and he the ball has energy with him. Like he just shoot when he get that bitch and he open. He letting it go. Like he, but he's not like a, a I need to dribble and pound the ball. That will work just fine. I actually think he needs somebody like that. Am I? He needs someone else who can dribble a lot. Because that's not really him just creating ain't really I don't think that's his shit. I don't. Um anyway. They taking school. Let's move on to number three pick. Portland Trailblazers. So the Portland Trailblazers, another team who is probably gonna trade their pick. Um and I think but we're again not talking about potential trailblazers um trades right now. So talking who they're gonna take. Um, and I think they would take Brandon Miller, um, obviously. Scoot's off the board. And again, Scoot would, Scoot, that would be an awkward fit. Dame and Scoot. In the sense that um, Dame is a ball pounder. Dame, is, Dame has hit the ball a lot. And they already have a tiny backcourt in Simons and Dame. So adding Scoot to that would... Um, yeah, it's a little... And then you have Shaden Sharp um, in the backcourt, too. That's just uh, too loaded. So I think... Um, yeah, Brandon Miller would be a better fit for them here. Yeah. With the twenty with the third pick in the twenty twenty three NBA draft, Portland Trailblazers select Brandon Miller. Like bro, Brandon Miller, Shaden Sharp, uh Dame, uh Anthony Simons, and they gotta figure out something other than Nurk at the five, but that's probably not a good team, but I believe they definitely should. not a good team. Too young, but yeah, that's believe, too young. Yeah, that's that's a little too young. I believe they should trade Dame and just start over and let everything I'm talking about. Dame believes that too. Yeah, and that should be the core, and that would be an excellent team to root for. If like if I was a Portland Trailblazers fan, I'd be like shit. I'd be talking about trade Dame. Like I love Dame, but. This is this is where man I'm I'm older than y'all so I don't get attached to like individual players as much as I get attached to my team winning. So like go get them stats somewhere else. I want to fuck I've experienced my team win a championship in my adult life. I went to the parade, I bought the merch. I 
bought the fucking championship DVD. So like once you taste that, it's hard to be okay with just a nigga getting stats to me. And I don't know, and they haven't tasted that ever. So maybe they have a uh attachment with this guy who has wanted to be there and presents cool highlights but at some point bro what is he is dame 32 like how old is he like where is this headed and the other thing is dame's already signed the supermax so he's that extension ain't even kicked in i don't even think it kicked in for another two years so i don't care what you do this summer you're not building a championship team around 34-year-old Damian Lillard making $50, $60 million a year, especially under the new CBA. That shit is cooked. And ironically enough, the only way you're going to be able to do that is by drafting high-end lottery picks on looking contracts. And they ain't trying to do that shit. So they just, they need to trade Dame and move on. But anyway, let's move on with this exercise. Uh, Fuck, we got the fourth pick, Houston? Uh, yep, the Rockets. Okay, with the fourth pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the Houston Rockets select Isar Thompson from Overtime Elite. Um, the reason Ooh, why, spicy. Yeah, yeah, the reason why I'm going with Isar over everything else they need, um, I just don't. I they he if you look at who the coach is, I think he guards. I think. Asar, I, I do think, in my opinion, I do think them dudes like uh, like both them twins, I think are going to be bad. They're going to have some cool highlights, but I don't think they're going to contribute to winning at all the rookie years. Um, I got to be honest, I don't. I think it's going to be rough because of the level of competition they've been playing at, no matter how athletic they are. But one thing I do know they both will do, they both will guard. They've officially measured. They are both like legitimately six, 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 seven with shoes on, with elite wingspans, with elite athleticism, and I think, you know, I, I don't. You, you, they'll, Houston needs somebody that can guard. They go let him, a hey, Asar, you and Tari Eason go harass the best players on the other team, and the other three dudes we got, include, excuse me, including uh, Jalen Green and. Um, Alperin Shagun, y'all create the shots to everybody. And I think that's the making of a system that can lead to winning eventually. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's what they're going to do. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that's an interesting pick. Um, Yeah, I have... So what I did from... Like after the first couple of picks, I had like two options. So I was I was thinking they would either go Amen or Cam Whitmore. Mm-hmm. Um, Amen simply because I do think they still need a um, and especially when you look at um Udoka's comments about KPJ, it seems like everyone was thinking that they might trade KPJ. I think he's very he's very much there, um, and they see him as still a part of their core. But what he was saying is that um, looks like he might move KPJ off the ball a bit more. Instead of who I think under Silas's offense, um, especially he was, um, you know, he was the point guard. He was handling the ball a lot, being a primary ball handler. And I think um, getting him off the ball, you can bring in a guy like Amen now. And again, there's a lot of rumors about James Harden all that. We're not gonna add all that in it. <laughs> it makes it a lot more complicated. But I think Amen, um, 
would work well with you know Jalen Green and that that core. Um, so that would be interesting to see. Um, and again, it was uh, for me at least. It was between Amen and Cam Whitmore for them because I do think um they always always use more wings too. Um, so yeah. But the Osar pick, I'm not. I'm not mad at it. I, I do think both Thompson twins are in play for them. I'm not gonna lie. I do think so. Yeah, I, I do, and Cam Whitmore might go too. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say this now. I'll proclaim this right now, just because of my Villanova bias and just I've been paying attention to like where these dudes have actually measured, and maybe I'm putting too much into the NBA draft combine. Um, basically doing it the NFL draft combine is like semi-important is it changes people's opinions and maybe I'm letting that do that with me but I think Cam Whitmore is going to win rookie of the year if it's not Vic um, Interesting. I, I just think that I just think he's going to I think he's going to be the guy like two years from now he's like I'm going to fucking win fifth anyway um just spoil it. You having five going to the Pistons, right? Yeah, you know it. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't. I it was between him or Jairus Walker. It was him. Like I, I think I definitely think he's not. He's hundred percent. If he's if he's not off the board, he's not getting past the Pistons. They they need more wings. Um, at this point, you know, you just got your two guards for the future. You picked up a lot of bigs. Um, and again, the big of the draft is already gone <laughs> by the time you're picking. So I think the logical spot there is looking at your wing spot. Um, and yeah, you have, like you said, a guy like Cam who his ceiling projects to be high. Um, and even if his floor is a good role-playing yeah, wing, like, with like, positional he, size like yeah, that, like, you know? He, he just, to me, he has like high floor, low, like... High floor, high ceiling. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's like you're just not gonna convince me. Can with more stakes, like with his athleticism and the way he's built. Like, bro, he's he's 18 still. He don't turn 19 until I think January. Like, he's a he has a grown man body. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, an adult body. He's a yeah, exactly. he built like mm-hmm. a goddamn truck. Yeah, he's gonna have nice positional size. Yeah, and especially if he grows a bit more. Yeah, so I, I, um, yeah, I, I definitely like him for the Pistons. Yeah, and as an aside, that is also why I did pick the Twins high, but the Twins turned twenty-one in like January. Like they kind of old, quiet as kept for quote-unquote elite prospects, um, comparatively speaking. I think of the. I think they will be the oldest guys taken in the top 10. But anyway, that's an aside. Moving on, number six. Uh, shit, we got six. The magic. The magic. I'm going to let you. I don't even remember how we doing it. Who you got the magic yeah. taken? I have them. So it was between. So I had three guys I was heavily weighing here for the yeah. magic. Because you have to remember, they have two picks in the lottery. They got six and eleven, so they can do where they, if their intel is strong, they can make a, a, a I think they can make it interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So I had them with Osar, mm-hmm. Anthony Black, or Casey Wallace, right? And I'm thinking, because they have, the, if you look at the Magic, you're thinking the front line is loaded, completely mm-hmm. loaded, which is why, um. 
I wasn't thinking of them taking any of the other like bigs um, in in the top 10. And then, you know, Asar is a nice wing that would, you know, fit alongside what they're doing. You know, he's what, six? Isn't he like six, seven? Like six, 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 seven. Ooh. So, Asar. No, but the twins measured in, I believe it's six, five and a half barefoot. Oh, six, five and a half. Okay. Oh, so, barefoot. Okay. So, yeah. with shoes on, they are both six, seven. And they, six, both, seven. Okay. they both have seven foot wingspans. Okay. There we go. Yeah. So, they still fit with what the Magic are doing. But then you look at Anthony Black, right? And I'm sure they like Markel a lot. Young fits a timeline, and he's really coming come into it. Cole Anthony, you know, he's coming off the bench. Um, nah. That's what I'm saying. I was like, oh, I don't know how they feel about him. So they and then they have vets like um, Gary Harris. That's the thing. Um, nah. <laughs> I was about to say we have this tendency to think that that these young prospects should come in and like replace these vets. Um, and I just, I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but I mean, I do think they are looking for like guard wing types, right? And eventually I have them taken Asar. Um, it was very close with Anthony Black though. Um, because, but then, like I said, I think them having Markel, because Loki, I see Anthony Black in, in like a Markel, <laughs> like, like they, their games are similar in that they both know how to run pick and roll really well. Not the strongest shooters, but they have scoring touch where they can still score the ball. It's just that shooting is a bit shit. Like they're real similar. So it's like, okay, why do we draft a guy that we already have? You know, type of shit. Um, that I'm thinking would be their thinking. So which is why I think and I, like I said, Kaysen would be a long shot there. They also have eleven where Kaysen could be. Which yeah. is why I do think they just go with Asar. Get get one of those um Thompson twins. So yeah, I don't think they take Asar. So here's the thing, and the, I had them taking Asar. The only reason why I'm a little hesitant is Asar already went off your board. How I mean, Asar, amen. The other times oh, okay. I get, I'm, girl, you know I'm old. I be getting. <laughs> dude, one of my sons has my name. We literally have the same name, and I call him his brother's name. So you're gonna have to leave me alone on that. Um, you, there's intel, man. They gonna take Taylor Hendricks. I don't know if that's smoke. I don't know what it's at, but I have heard that. I heard it like just on the Twitter, the bird app from like reporters, and like you won't be paying attention to the group chat like that. But yeah, it, it's it's in there about yeah they they love Hendrix. Um, I don't know why. So I don't selfish know. and stupid, bro. I'm so mad. Like, yeah. why are you loading up your team with power forwards? Are you I, dumb? I, 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 just, I don't know why that just pissed me off. I, like, I asked the person who said that, like, so who, where the fuck is all these people playing? Like, what are they doing? And no one can give me a straight answer. So I'm like, is this a smoke? Is this is this just them trying to gas up a local? I mean, that's uh-huh. just you're stunting these players. To, to, I I just hate teams who consistently draft the same position and and the or other, fill up their team with the same. And, and the reason why, like, I don't believe this person is wrong, but the reason why that just don't make sense to me is where they're to the point. They had a little fake playing run last year, right? So. And the thing is, like, a re by year three of the you don't get to stink for three straight years. You know what I'm saying? Like, by year three of a of a regime, you got to start showing something. You can't regress. So, like, example, I, what I forget what their record was exactly, but if they get worse, everyone's getting fired. Like, if they're really really bad next year, everyone's getting fired. Like, you don't get to stink three straight years. So, like, 
you kind of got to start built, making a real team. I don't like the Pistons, the the Magic, um, all the guys who've been in position like for a couple years and they've accumulated four, two, three, four years of high lottery picks. Like it's time to start showing something. And if they take Taylor Hendricks, like I like him a lot, but where is he playing? Where's and then like if he's playing, is he playing small ball five? Yeah, like, that's what, what are setting, you doing? I hate that shit, bro. You're setting guys up, bro, to, to come in yeah. out of position and just I don't like that. Granted, even, yes, even, even like if... a guy trade because I thought even when they did that bullshit last year, because they did this shit last year where they yeah. brought in a bunch of guys who play the same position. I thought they were gonna trade guys off and they didn't wait, they waited till a trade deadline yeah, to make some yeah. trade. So and even guys if... were sitting there upset. Like it's crazy. Even, and that's the other thing is like you only a year away from having to pay like Franz and them. So like, what are we doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta start. You got shit or get off the pot with these young dudes. I, I'm never comfortable with putting young dudes that are approaching free agency in trying to win. You can, you can't. That's such a, that's such a delicate balance that you got to go. And especially when you making them all play the same position. I, I just don't like it, but I believe that person that said that. I don't think they made it up, so I don't know. But I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna roll with what you said, and I'm gonna go with uh, the other Thompson twin. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. And again, this is this is not me predict. This is me slightly predicting what they're gonna what the team is gonna do with also trying to think what would make the most sense. And again, these teams are predictable, so. Yeah. I could go either way because I was adamant that Hendrix wouldn't fall to us, but I don't want to spoil my own thing. But it, listen, one of those bigs might be there. But going on to the Pacers because they're next. This is where the bigs come into play because I, the yeah. Pacers were looking for a power forward. Yeah. So my two that they're considering here is Jerry Walker or Hendrix, right? Yeah. I, I I don't think they're not to say they're not looking at everybody. Obviously, they're looking at everybody, but. They have been really looking for those fours, and they're yeah. in a position to get at least one of Like, they're going to get one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they're definitely getting one of them. So, I think they lean Jerris. Um, because, and this was, this was, and I was trying to think about this objectively because I was like, am I picking Jerris just because I want Hendrix, you know, to fall like to the Mavs? I was trying not to be biased about it, but I settled on Walker just because. Um, again, six eight, like size with with a lot of size. Um, you know he has again he's not a playmaker, but he has you know passing feel. Um, and it's a guy who is athletic, who work well with Halliburton, and I'm also thinking like they're not hard pressed. Um, to get a four that shoots because Miles Turner shoots. Exactly. Miles Turner likes being out on the perimeter too, so there's no clash there in the sense that. Oh, he doesn't really have a shot. Like that's not um, a concern for them. So I, I do think he, he he would be the only non-shooter in their project. Exactly in their project. Exactly. So I do think they lean Jerris um there. Uh, again, like I said, upside is I think his upside is higher than Hendrix's. Like if they breach their upside, like I think Jerris would be um like if he if he gets a shot, um like if he gets a shot. Worse than shot, all that. I think his like if we're talking about ceilings, I think Jerris's is a little higher. Um, in terms of that four archetype we're talking about, 
But um, it's it's about again about preference. I, I think both I, of them. I agree with you. They taking Jairus. Um, and the reason why I think they take Jairus is like for some reason they don't. I don't think they love Miles Turner, but I think uh, Tyrese Halliburton loves Miles Turner, and I think Miles is the franchise, and I think they're gonna roll with him. So if you look at like Jairus and Miles Turner is hell. That's hell. That's hell. That's a problem. That's crazy defensively. Yeah, that's like that's oof. And I'm not saying Hendricks wouldn't be, but if we're to, like if if them dudes are tied, like bro, Hendricks Jer- Walker can go do everything Miles has a problem with. Like, have you did you see what Walker measured in at? That but dude, it, it, this again, like I'm old enough to be this man's father. And that dude is what he measured. I think he was six six and a half, barefoot, which means in shoes he like six eight. But he got a seven two wingspan. And he two forty, and he's nineteen years old. That's a man. That's a grown man NBA body. That is bigger than. That's a. And you see the way his shoulders are set. Like he he gonna be a problem. He giving dudes hell year one. They gonna be uncomfortable like uh, with him guarding you and. You know, Miles, sometimes he ain't, he ain't always wanting to bang. He ain't always wanting to do that. He want to come help weak side. So that's okay. We got this man-child. We went and drafted this man-child to help you out, who can also got some short roll juice. I don't think he a playmaker, but I think he can make good decisions out the short roll. And you know my man going to spam that. Uh, Halliburton. So, yeah, man. They taking Jairus. And I, I like that. I actually like that for them. They, everyone's happy in that situation. Yeah, I I agree. I think um yeah, I think they go Jairus. Um, who do you have the wiz? I know we talked about these next two picks, especially being guards. So who do you have the Wizards taking? I think they take Anthony Black. Um, yep, that's where I think he goes. So, okay, we can just say yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there's no way because if you listen to like I I listen to Locked On Wizards a lot. I listen to Locked On Wizards more than I like to listen to Locked On Mavs. I don't want to get into why, but I just do. Anyway, um, and everyone is saying, like, even before the lottery happened, they need a defensive two-way guard who can pass. Mm-hmm. And it's just and like Anthony Black. Anthony Black right there. Yep. Like, even if they are trying to make the playoffs right away, like, literally, Anthony Black is the fastest way to get there, even well, over trading. One pick and roll. He's reminding me <laughs> of Jalen Williams. Yeah. I'm like, um, in that a guard that knows how to play pick and roll. They're probably yeah. going to, especially if they have a lot of offensive help around them, which he will. At the end of the day, we oh, can say he's, he's going about Beal. He's going to have Beal, Kuzma, yeah. um, Porzingis. So it's not like he's there um, with the burden of having to clean yeah. everything, do everything offensively for a team. He's going to have a lot of support offensively. So I like that fit a lot, actually. Yeah, I yeah. and we're going to make it quick, but like you know how like the Wizards – People always be like, man, they're not good enough to get a really high end draft pick. And then, but they don't sting bad enough to like get an elite player. It's like, they actually, they fucking lucked into it because I don't know if there's a player in the top 10 that has upside ceiling and like low key provides the shit they need to win right now, like Anthony Black. Like, that actually is just a win, win, win. I think he's going to be up there for rookie of the year too if he goes to them. Um, number nine, this is where it gets interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This is where it gets spooky. And I'm going to go ahead and say it, man. The Jazz got two picks. They got nine. They got 16. 
this makes me nervous to say this because I think there's other players at this position that are going to be really good at 16. But man, when I look at what they need and I look at what they got, I think they're taking Kaysan Wallace. I think this is where Kaysan Wallace goes. He can play, like, did you see his measurements? Buddy is like 6'3 yeah. barefoot and he got like a 6'8 wingspan and he's already a plus defender. And I know he didn't shoot the ball great in college, but that midi, his catch and shoot numbers was good. That just feels like Danny Ainge to me. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's just the Danny Ainge pedigree. And I think they're going to go ahead and take him. And, you know, I know we talking about like Taylor Hendricks or whatever. I just, where's t- like, you're going to take a player at a position that plays the same position as your best player. Like where's Taylor Hendricks playing? You're going to, or you asking Taylor Hendricks to be the three or are you asking Laurie marketing to be the three. They're not doing that shit. Yeah, so I think I had the two players I had them debating um between were Kaysen and Grady. I had them taking Grady actually. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, just because like they yes they need guards, but I don't think it's that dire. I think Oche Baji, I think they do like him, right? As much as Sexton isn't a starter, I don't believe they view him as a starter. You still have Sexton, right? They didn't view Sexton as a starter because he didn't start until old man Conley was gone. Exactly. Um, but even still, like they um I still think um they'd want like I don't think they think Sexton is an all be all. <laughs> um anyway, but still they still have Sexton, Oche Baji, um Clarkson, I don't know what they're gonna do about um Clarkson, but I don't think they would have any aversion to pay him. By all accounts, the ownership group, all of them love Clarkson. So if Clarkson can't get a bag anywhere else or whatever, and he's cool going back, I think he he would go back honestly. Um, but my point is, um, yes, they need guard play, but I don't think it's as dire as like what the Wizards like situation is. Um, and I do think they could use wings too. They could use more wings. Um, like you said, if 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 um they're not making Laurie Market in a three. Um, which I don't think they shouldn't either. It was like I said, it was cool in Cle- Cleveland, but I don't think that's a four. He's a natural four in my eyes. Um, so yeah, and Grady could shoot it. Again, it's it's not like um, and if you're thinking a defensive suspect again, you got a seven footer in Kessler in the paint, um, where you can provide some support there. And Oche Abaji, he it it's it's not there yet. But he can develop into one of the better defenders. Um, so I I I can see them taking Kaysen, but I I think they might lean wing here and get the one of the best shooters in the draft. I can see it, and then I'm gonna go ahead and say the the quiet part loud. Like he white, like he's a white dude exactly. in Utah. Um, they he would he'd be comfortable there. He wouldn't be worried. They wouldn't be talking about Grady Dick leaving for free agency in fucking eight years, like. That would work, bro. Um, I, I will say this as an aside. I like. Uh, I'm not about. To, I like Grady Dick as a prospect. Like I, I feel like because he's a white gumpy dude, and I know he's gonna have some defensive challenges. But people talk about him like he's just the worst defensive player in the history of of basketball. And I don't know, man, like when I watch him and I see his athletic testing, he's not like a bum athlete. I know they're going to test him. And you said something that when you talk about Maxie, that's funny. White dude's going to get tested just because they white. Like even if this random white dude is great, dude's going to go with them just because they white. And I agree with you there, but 
I just, it's this, we do this weird thing about prospects when they like comfy looking white dudes where we just assume they are, are athletically poor. And I felt like it happened with Walker Kessler last year. And that ended up not being true. And I feel like it's to an extent happening with Grady Dick. And I'm not trying to say Grady Dick is going to be locking dudes up. Let me be very clear. But I don't think he's the bum athlete people make him out to be. Am I crazy? No, you're not. You're not, which is why I think the Jazz lean him. Because it's it's not what people are making out to be. I mean, that leaves us at 10. um, Where I do think, again, if we were picking... Hendrix is conveniently here. Oh my god! Yeah, like I said, maybe this is the bias because I've been saying this whole time. T- Hendrix is a player to reach for, and I'm calling the Magic crazy for. Um, and that's the thing; it's not even reaching. It's just that the stock is rising. I, which is why I, as much as I hate that the Magic is the one considering it, I'm not surprised a team you know above us is would be angling to get him again. Magic, sure, why not? Even the Pacers, like even if they went Hendrix over Walker, like that's not to me super crazy you know no, what not, mean? At, so, not at all not at all so him not being there is not good. like sure i'm kind of expecting that but if he is yes i would like them to pick him but honestly um we talked about trading the pick blah 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 i mean i if they can't i i just somehow need them to walk out of draft night with Derek lively and if that means trading but like i know kendrick sounds like the prize i've been saying like the best get in the draft if you had to draft someone is probably Derek lively how that happens i don't know because if you take him at okay here's the thing i i think for immediate needs and even his ceiling bro like i think hey man somebody in another group chat was i was in posted a video of that man running pick and roll in high school which was literally what 12 12 months ago like it looked fluid, it looked sweet, but please continue. Yeah, I just think we, if we're, but his stock is rising. He's, from what I've read, his stock is rising. So, like, late first round, he, nah, he's he, not no he, first round no more. He's like, bro, he, he cashed out threes at the combine. Yeah, so I think, um, and again, you have to take all this with, grain, with a grain of salt. You know, it's not like he's gonna come in the league and be just splashing threes either. I don't think so, but, um, that's. I somehow need them, which is where you get into if you trade the pick, fine, but you got to trade Reggie or somebody to get back into it to even try. But I don't know. My, I, I don't know what they're going to do. It's just that if we're talking about draft guys, it's it's Hendrix or Lively. I'm sorry. I couldn't even consider anybody else. Like You called me a clown because I was, or you didn't call me a clown, but you told me I was crazy for trying to get both of them. And buddy, I want to get better both of them, but it, it will be difficult unless you could trade Reggie for like I mean, for like early because I, I don't think I don't I think, think Lively's sitting past nineteen, bro. I don't think Lively's on. I, I don't. 19. I don't. I don't think he is either. Um, but man, there's this guy whose name is escaping me, who I think can also kind of do that stuff. Who I think is going to be around late. Lot of I forget this dude's, dude's name, but I just. This is my thing. I don't want them to trade pick 10, but if they do trade pick 10 and they come out of this draft, if there is not a first-round rookie on the Mavs roster opening night of 2023, I'm going to be insufferable. I'm insufferable. 
Yeah. However they do it, they got to come out of here with a rookie. Like, because there's just too many dudes that can do what we need. And I am a fuck them picks guy. I am, fuck them. Fuck them picks. I don't care about them. But at some point, being like fuck them picks is how we got here. And, like, we ain't really a real team anyway. Like, we got some lying to ourselves about where we at. Like, and to get to where we need to get to, it's there's going to be a draft pick that over-indexed or overcame the odds to be a really good player for the Dallas Mavericks. That it is literally impossible with where we at to be able to build a team full of traded four pieces that actually is any good. We just don't, we don't have enough players. We don't have enough bodies. We don't have enough people in the rotation to trade picks and the shit we already got and build a real team. Am I am I tripping? Am I crazy for thinking this way? Because I feel like that's the part everybody ignores. No, I mean, it's just difficult. Like, this is why I just want to focus on rookies and all. Like, when you think of all the other shit, bro, it gets so complicated. Yeah. Like what they need to do, what they must do. That's the thing. Everyone's talking about a, in the in the uh, context of trying to win a championship, but that's nothing you do this offseason unless you get, like, insanely fucking lucky. I'm talking, like, Golden State, the fucking Black Magic lucky um, to get a contender. Other than that, that's not happening in this one offseason. So everybody could talk about what they want to talk about, talk about, oh, well, the goal is to win a championship, blah, blah, blah. That's just not happening this offseason. If you think it is, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um I let's wrap this up, but I just want to say my last two cents on the trade, like if we trade ten with a guy who with any player attached to any player that plays thirty minutes, that's two dudes that could have played wrote that's number ten could play twenty, twenty five minutes or shit next year. And then if it's Tim or Reggie, that's another guy that should both of them dudes I think play like thirty minutes. And if you trade that for one human being that plays 30 minutes, I don't see how we're net positive looking at everything else we got. Um, but we got five weeks to argue about this. When's the draft? The 20... No June, clue. June, June 24th or something? I don't know. I don't know. So we got a long time to argue about it. Not that I think I've vented about it enough. I don't... I think I'm going to disengage about it, but... If Taylor Hendricks is there at 10, I don't care if they got a fucking trade agreed to. Fuck it. You you fucked it. If the trade is agreed to, you just, because it can't be official until after the draft, you just got to break it. You just got to make somebody mad at you. You got to, it's happened before. It is what it is. So, anyway, um, that's all you got? That's all I got. Yes, sir. All right. Thank y'all for listening to another episode of 21 going on 77. We will talk to y'all next week. Um, Whatever side you on, don't let it stress you out because you want to know why we ain't the people with making the decisions and nothing we do is going to change it. So y'all have a good week. We're going to enjoy this weather. We holler at y'all.